Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers. And Bradley, we did it. We We did did it, it, Charles. We did it. We made it through the Bad Batch. What a suffering slog that was. We did it, Joe. (laughs) We did it, Poe we did it, Poe. Oh, we did Lord. it, Poe. We oh, did it. Oh, Lord. Somebody, somebody needs to Photoshop that, that actually into really a funny. meme. That would be a good <laughs> Later. Now so I can, I can use it as a response to things from here on out. Oh, boy. Yeah. I need that in my life. So we are recording this. Uh, we recorded the finale episode uh, on the 13th. It is now, as we're recording this, August the 15th. Uh, and I spent the last day and a half marathoning the whole season again. So I'm prepared for this. Uh, Bradley, are you prepared for our retrospective or do you have no notes for the final time? I have four notes and they are very slim and they're only really based on the pilot episode because (laughs) I only watched the pilot in preparation for this, but I only did that because I wanted to compare um, you know the finale and the pilot and to see like kind of you know the where we got to from that point and I'm actually surprised at some things um, that I noticed when re-watching the pilot and I was like it, oh it really lends itself like if you haven't at least watched the pilot that was something I was going to recommend at least go and re-watch the pilot again because right. you will pick up on so more in the pilot now that you know where they're going mm-hmm I actually, I was remarking on, I couldn't save this for the episode. I had to remark it on Twitter, but I was like, I've enjoyed watching the show week to week, but sitting there and binging is actually the more enjoyable experience for this show. Like in the future, it will be better to sit there and binge the show as opposed to waiting week to week to do it. Before we dive into those notes and before we dive into our thoughts on the the series as a whole or the season as a whole, on the recording for the 13th episode, we said there wasn't really any news. Uh, This completely blew me by, uh, but I was reminded of it thanks to a YouTube video earlier this morning that came out. Uh, Apparently, the I, I just want to talk about it real fast. The Hollywood Reporter uh, reported that the Ahsoka show is unsurprisingly uh, actively looking for a Sabine Wren, and they have uh, narrowed it down to three choices, and it was confirmed by a few people on Twitter who scoop these sorts of things that, yes, that is accurate. One even posted the names of the people, but I don't remember Mm. who they were. Um, I didn't write them down. The more important thing to us is that apparently Sabine Wren is going to be in the Ahsoka show, allegedly. I like that. Um, makes sense. I Honestly, I don't know why, Like, but when they announced the Ahsoka show, I guess I didn't really connect the dots that, like, obviously Dave Filoni is just doing a sequel to Rebels. Like, I don't really realize, I didn't really connect that, but, like, now I am as we get closer. What? What shocked me was I always considered the animated films their own kind of pocket universe. So I always just assumed that the sequel to Rebels was going to also be animated. So for it to be in live action is like, that surprised me a lot. I love it, but I also really love the animated shows and have a soft spot for that universe. So in a way, I'm kind of like... I mean, maybe the Ahsoka show, because it's a limited show, setting up this big crossover event is going to like lead into a thing where they have both an animated show and uh, a live action show that are running that are covering this time period. But yeah. I don't know. It's tricky to say. I am happy that, I mean, I figured once we got it on credible sources that Ezra and Thrawn were going to be in it, that they'd just throw Sabine in it. Right. I want to know if uh, Hera and Jason and Chopper are going to come back. Um, 
I think the logical choice would probably be just Jason. I mean, maybe a cameo of Hera or something. I don't know. It just depends. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I mean, if, if George or not George, um, if Dave Filoni is behind this, obviously, like he's probably going to try to throw them in whenever he can. But at the same time, a grown up Jason would be an interesting kind of character to follow live action, you know? So you mixed up George and Dave there. And all I could think was, uh, is, is Dave like being prepared to be the vessel for George Lucas's spirit? Is that what's secretly going on here? <laughs> when George Lucas dies, <laughs> he's going to transfer his essence into Dave Filoni and it's going to be like yes. a, a Palpatine thing? Oh, I think so. No, I and I heard some speculation. So Rangers of the New Republic isn't in active production, active development right now. Right. Uh, or active production right now. We're not sure whether or not the show is being shelved because it was meant to be a vehicle for Gina Carano, and now they're not going to do that anymore, which, yay. Uh, But there was also some talk that it might be, like it still might be in the works. Like the concept of the show that I heard was that it's basically like New Republic people hunting down Imperial Remnant, and it was going to tie in to the other stuff, which I would still like to see. My eventual point of where I'm going with this tangent is it Hera being in it floated around. The potential oh. of Hera being in it and possibly Jason being in it working with these Rangers of the New Republic. So that may be a way to still salvage that show if it's about that and, and you put Hera and Chopper and Jason in that like with the, like yeah. the new character. Uh, I forget, I forget the name of his character, um, but Trapper the Wolf. other fighter pilot... No, the other fighter pilot is not <laughs> Trapper Wolf. I also uh, heard they should make the show about him, which I agree. Uh, oh, he's so weird. Have it be about him. Yeah. No, do, you really want, do you really want Dave Filoni to have his own show, though, where he's the star of the show? <laughs> no, I mean the other guy. Uh, Paul, yeah. Paul's character from Mandalorian. Uh, I forget the the character's name, but he's the Asian guy with the beard. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, from the second season. Uh, yes. When he's the, um, when he catches Manda or whatever on the planet. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Like, maybe the show should be about that guy, but hmm. I'm, I'm interested to see that some of these characters make the jump from live action to... Yeah. Or from uh, animated to live action. But it's also do, just weird. I do worry, though, that some characters, like, obviously, human characters, that's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, that's whatever. Alien characters are a little trickier sometimes. Although, from Mandalorian, we've seen that they can do, you know, Hera, and it would be fine. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, that doesn't look right. It might look weird at first, but I, I'd be like, okay, I get it. And then the only one I really have a problem with it is, ugh, I don't know if they can do it well, is Zeb. Hmm. I I believe in ILM. I I think they could probably pull that off. It would be so weird to see in live action, though. I don't know if if they're going to bring Zeb and his husband back. Yeah. I think they're off somewhere uh, being gay, which, frankly, good on them. Who's his husband? Callus. Oh, that does not count. Shut up. <laughs> it, it, they are 100% a canon gay couple. Oh my God. 100%. Oh yes, God. they are. You are. Yes, a liar. they are. Okay. Yes. Anyway. I did not come prepared with this, but in the future, I will come prepared with a mountain of evidence that they are 100% gay for each other and married and husbands now. Lord have mercy. Fight me. So, with that out of the way, and it's been a while, Bradley, since we actually had the time in one of these episodes to have an extended discussion about some Star Wars news. I, You know what? It's true. I feel like the news lately has just been so either lackluster or just rumors that like we just can't really talk about it because it's just kind of like, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up for certain things. And so it's just like. We're not a new show as evidenced by the fact that you're listening to this a solid like 
week and a half after this news broke. Right. But it also feels like there's just been so much in the Bad Batch that you and I have had to be like super picky about what we talk about. Yeah. Because there has been a lot, a lot going on with the Bad Batch. So Bradley, I've, I've got a ton of notes. And then okay. two days ago when we recorded the finale, you asked a few questions to answer. But before we dive into specifically some things that I noticed that I want to talk about and then the notes that you have, what did you think of the, the season as a whole? Um, you know, I felt like this show, we started at the top of a mountain and I feel like we kind of fell a little bit down the mountain. We broke our leg at one point. We climbed back up. We broke our leg again. We fell down at one point. And then after that, we vomited. We were fine. And we started climbing back up till we reached the peak again. And it was great. So that was that's my roller coaster of an emotion uh, I have for this whole season. I felt like we kind of were doing this the whole time, up and down, up and down, up and down. But in peaks and valleys. I know we had mountains feature very prominently, but... Did you have to go like full 127 hours on this, Bradley? I didn't, yes. I didn't need that visual in my head uh, on this lovely Sunday morning. You're right. I guess I should have said something more along the lines of like a Star Wars reference. So I should have been like, we got our arm cut off at one point. We, you know, we stepped in Bantha Poodoo at one point. Uh, no, I, I agree. I I think that it started strong. It had a few dips and definitely binge watching it from beginning to end made those dips a lot more palatable Mm. because particularly with infestation, which was an episode we really did not like. Right. That one was a lot more palatable because the tiny things that stuck out to me watching it, having it be the only thing I watched that week, the tiny things didn't bother me as much. As when I watched it and it was specifically that and I was focused on that episode. Um, I do think that that Sid lacked a real character arc uh, other than I mean, it was basically resolved when she was like, I'm friends with Omega now. But in the back half, she really lacked a character arc, but it wasn't as glaring because that's i think the only episode she's in after the uh omega winning all the sabat games or not right. sabat games dejart games got it uh, omega would be a killer dejart player though or a killer sabat player god damn it <laughs> how many games are there in star wars <laughs> uh there's a lot there's right. a lot uh i miss pazak which is canon apparently I was reading. I was reading Aftermath, the Aftermath trilogy recently, and I caught a Pazak reference. So that's canon, apparently. You don't know what that is because you have no taste. All right. So a few notes that I have that I wanted to talk about with you, and, and or do you want to do your notes first because yours are shorter? Um, and mine are only based in the premiere. So let's if we start, want to start with, with yeah. I was, let's start, start with, with your notes because yeah. mine cover the whole show. Um. So watching back the first episode, I forgot how like pretty fucking good the first five to 10 minutes of the episode was like how really good the first five to 10 minutes was featuring yeah. uh, Caleb or Kanan from Rebel. Yeah. And like listening back to it, we were all shocked by how Freddie Prince is like Freddie Prince Jr. coming coming out of this kid's mouth. But yeah. actually going back and listening to the episode several weeks later, I went, oh, he did pitch his voice up. He yeah. does sound like a teenager. We were all just shocked that, oh, my God, it's He's adult the same person seniors yeah. coming out. But no, I was surprised when I watched it. I went, oh, no, he actually does sound like a like a late teens, like 17, 18, 19 year old. Right. You know, and- maybe 15 or 16 if his voice had already dropped. And I, and I was watching it going like, oh, I like that they have him in this and that they set him up and then they let him run away. And they, you know what I mean? Like, obviously we know what happens to him later on as he's an adult, but we don't technically know how he gets to that point. So it does kind of lead, leave open 
a little area. We do, thanks to the Canon comic and the new Dawn novel. Uh, but in the animated world, if you're only looking at the visual media, then then yeah. no, you're absolutely right. We I, that was one of the things with them changing retconning that scene in the Canaan comic. Yeah, where it the Order sixty six on Collar happened a lot differently. Right, that was one of the things I was fine with because, you know it. It was awesome for fans of the animated universe. Remember, I was talking earlier about kind of the animated universe being its own thing. To see him, it still works with the Kanan comic. Um, it's still fine, but. I've said before, Star Wars is a mythology, not a history, and every retelling of the same event is going to be a little bit different. Right. Um, I also, from just the series as a general note, I wrote that I want to see more Kaminoans. Like, I don't know if that's just the prequel kid in me talking, but like, I don't know. There's something about them watching them on screen. Like, I like watching them walk. I like watching them talk. I like like just their design. I think they're just so cool of a creature that we don't get to see enough of in Star Wars. Um, because I think the general rule of thumb in Star Wars is like, was it in the original movie? Yes, let's use it 37 times. If it's in the prequels, well, let's only use it once in a while. So it just depends on what it is. But I loved watching them. And I was just like, I need more Kaminoan characters. And I do like that we've reached a point as a collective fandom where it has been over 20 years since the phantom menace uh we can accept things from the prequels now and not balk at them right. like i remember getting into a a extended discussion on twitter well i, I say the word discussion discussion <laughs> uh it was a a not a polite discussion uh where somebody was like disney hates the prequels and is ignoring them and I'm like, there's prequel references all over the sequel trilogy. There's prequel yeah. references all over Rebels. And they did season seven of the Clone Wars. Like, they've had comics and books set in the prequel area. Like, what are you on about? Like, what? If anything, they, they reference the sequels the least of all thus far. Yeah, what's funny is, honestly, now that we've gone so far in the non-nilogy, whatever you call it, the, I don't know what you call nine movies, but, um, you know, the, the original movies are so outnumbered by this point in other media. So you think like the, you have the prequels and then you have the Disney sequels. They are all, they have collectively outnumbered the original sequel or the original trilogy now. So you're going to start getting way more references to those things now moving forward because the universe has expanded so much. So it's really nice to see that because then we don't have to get stuck in the, well, if they showed it in New Hope, that's the only rule that counts. So we have to follow that rule. Now it's like, oh, well, no, we saw it in Rise of Skywalker. So that, that means it, it's canon. I think the the prequels, I was actually thinking about this uh, because over the course of this weekend, while I was marathoning it, uh, I was just hunting for collectibles in Jedi Fallen Order because that's boring and nobody wants to watch me stream that. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about how interesting Fallen Order is as like a blending of you're playing this Jedi who's doing the Jedi things from the prequels, but it's got the aesthetic in a lot of parts of it of the original trilogy. So I was thinking like this type of game, the way the Jedi operate in this, you know, that's not something that really would have been considered. It, it wouldn't have been a thing before Phantom Menace came out. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how the franchise and looking even season seven of the Clone Wars, having Rogue One and references and nods to like the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. Like when Anakin walks out to face down the separatist army, like Luke does in the last Jedi or Ahsoka trying to stop the shuttle, like in rise of Skywalker. It's, it's interesting to see how things move forward and everything kind of builds on the last little, everything that's come before. 
Oh, um, there was a line in the, um, which kind of connects to what we just talked about. Um, there's a line in the first episode where um, Crosshair, or not, I'm sorry, not Crosshair, um, Hunter says to Crosshair, uh, I believe, uh, you have to adapt and survive or die with the past. Or does that, no, that's what Crosshair says. I think. To, that is what Crosshair says. So he says, adapt and survive or die with the past. And I was like, that's probably like the best line in that <laughs> episode because it does kind of correlate with the other movies and stuff too. Cause like, you know, if you're so stuck in like the original trilogy and you can't expand your universe, then you're going to die with the past. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I have the opinion that, you know, if you want to say I'm just a fan of the original trilogy, I don't like the prequels. I don't like the sequels that's fine that's that's what it is to you and nobody can like force the prequels or sequels down your throat conversely though you can't then turn around and come to other people especially younger people right like we've got this trend of prequels kids growing up now and people who are fond of the prequels because that's what they grew up with i'm i'm exactly the same way i'm kind of a prequels kid uh, prequels I'm about 80% a prequels kid but you can't then turn around and come to people and be like well everything you like is wrong and not Star Wars because for prequel kids they grew up with it the same way that you know older people grew up with the original trilogy the way that kids right now are growing up with the sequels you know those of us who are old enough to do media criticism we have our opinions about the sequels but that doesn't change the fact that there's kids growing up right now that don't know they this is not how they approach Star Wars. They approach it as shooty, fun adventure with uh, people that they like. So they think of Ray the same way that, you know, we thought of like Anakin and Obi-Wan or, or I thought of Luke and Han before right. 1999 when The Phantom Menace came out. So, yeah, I was going to say, um, pretty much some of these kids all they know is ray all they know is bb8 all they know is unfortunately resistance um but but that's fine because that's their star wars that's not my star wars but that's their star wars which is fine now i have collectively you know because i i am a fan of disney i you know i am more open to disney's uh, introductions into the Star Wars universe. So like I'm I'm down with Ray, I'm down with Finn, I'm down with BB8, I'm down with Poe. I love the whole, you know, new movie. I love all the new movies. I think they're great. Some people disagree and that's totally fine. and loudly on the internet. Right. But like one of my favorite Star Wars movies is probably most people's least favorite, which is Solo. And I think that movie is just so fun. There's nothing like I love Harrison Ford, don't get me wrong. But I, I can like suspend my disbelief watching Solo and be like, I'm not watching a young Harrison Ford. I'm watching a young Han Solo. So you can just go like, this is a fun movie that's just to be enjoyed. Like, it doesn't have to be like so serious. Like, well, that's not what young uh, Harrison Ford would look like if he was playing this movie. Yes, exactly. Because that's impossible. We're never going to be able to get to that point. Aiden's doing his own take on the material. And right. I do think that with the live action shows sometimes casting different people disney is is kind of i think trying to break us out of the mentality that an actor necessarily needs to be tied directly to a character right so i think it was cool that you know mark hamill played luke skywalker in the mandalorian i also think it's cool that you know aiden played Han Solo in Solo and it was a different take on the character right so it's it's something that the franchise is going to have to embrace moving forward and I think correctly I don't think it's neat when they kind of digitally put people in but you've also got to understand that characters and actors really shouldn't be intrinsically tied together yeah. tied to each other you should be able to have multiple actors come in and and take their take on a character and have it still be the same character because that's exactly. what acting is 
And that's why that's what I'm thinking with like these moves to the live action, like we were talking with Ahsoka. You know, I love um, the voice actors for all of Rebels. I think they're all amazing. And in a perfect world, they would all play the live action version. You know what I mean? But I also believe that it's fine to change the actor once in a while if it works. Right. And you know what? Until we see them on screen and acting and doing their thing, and then and then we can critique the performance and go, okay, well, you know what? That kid probably doesn't play a good live action Ezra. But you know what? As far as we know, he will do perfectly fine because we don't know. Like, so I, I have to be open to all those things. And especially with like, if we ever want to see the Bad Batch, you know, show up ever live action, which like I said, Book of Boba, fingers crossed. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still holding out for this weird ass, like all these different clones showing up. Tamura, let's go. Um, Do the episode I, three thing again. And I know Tamora Morrison probably cannot play younger versions of himself. So I'm thinking, I think I said this last time we were talking about this, but what is, I don't know his name, but the, the guy who played the teenage slash young adult version of the clones in the prequel movies. Where is that actor? What is he doing today? <laughs> Daniel Logan. Uh, so Daniel Logan, he's around uh, doing things. Uh, I know that he did voice. Uh, he voiced Boba in one episode, one or two episodes, I think of the Clone Wars. I don't think he voiced him in every appearance in the Clone Wars, but I do think he voiced him in some of the Clone Wars. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder if Daniel Logan's going to have a cameo in Book of Boba. I mean, it wouldn't be weird. I think it would, if anything, it would be cool. Now, to be fair, he doesn't have to play a clone. He doesn't have to play Boba. It would just be nice to see him. You know, I actually, I I think it'd be nice to see anybody. Um, And that's what, like, when we were talking about, you know, Sabine showing up or, you know, Ahsoka, we were talking in in the Ahsoka show, Um, you know, how there's all those, petitions online to get the original voice actress to play Sabine. Sakar. Right. Um, that would be great. And I would love for her to play Sabine, but if she can't, or they don't want her to, I would love to still have those voice actors show up as other characters in I, the live action. I never characters. thought, I never thought about Ashley Eckstein having a cameo in Ahsoka, but I badly need this to happen now. I know, right? Like, how I cool would it be? I badly need this to happen. And actually, even, I almost, wouldn't it be weirder, too? I'm just going to throw this out there. What if uh, the species that Ahsoka is, like, I don't know what it's called. Togruta. Togruta, okay. Maybe Ashley Exine just plays another random Togruta character that is an original character that's new and then gives people another thing to fall in love with you know what i mean that like, would be incredible oh my god and then she, but then would, she would play that. her own version you know what i mean like her own character like it would if be they had thing. if they had actually Eckstein playing like another tigrita who's i would almost want her to be like the exact opposite of ahsoka in every way yes like almost like a villain yes oh god ashley Eckstein playing a tigrita <laughs> villain in ahsoka <laughs> how Manifest cool that, be. that make that happen Anyway, sorry, we're getting off track on Bad Batch, but that was... That's what that happens when we don't have an episode to guide us. I know. Do you have any other notes on, on the first episode? My last thing was, um, I just wrote down Saw Gerrera. Um, and I only That's wrote that... correct. <laughs> um, I wrote that down because um, I thought it was strange. After now having watched the whole entire show, I thought, we were at least we thought in the first episode, that he would be a bigger part of the season mm-hmm. um, just in general. Now, to be fair, that doesn't mean he can't show up in the second season, right. but they have the model. Right. So I thought it was weird that he showed up provided very little, you know, anything other than plot and then just kind of disappeared. I guess it's not that weird because, you know, if they already have a character, it's like, okay, let's, just keep using the same characters. We don't have to come up with new characters, but. Well, that's how he ended up in Rogue One is when they were writing the script for Rogue One, they wanted to have this kind of fanaticist rebel character and the story group went, well, we have Saw Gerrera. Why don't we just use Saw Gerrera? 
Right. And then they did. And he's actually going to show up apparently in Andor. Uh, right. The, the actor who plays General Draven, who's coming back for Andor, has said in an interview that he filmed a scene with Forrest Whitaker as Ooh. Saw Guerrera. Interesting. Uh, that's a character, yeah. That's a character that, that Disney really likes and the storytellers really like because he shows up in Fallen Order. He shows up in Bad Batch. He shows yeah. up in uh, Rogue One and Associated Media. He's in Rebels. They love him. Uh, but I do think you're right. I do think it was odd that they went to all the work to like model him and have a unique model too. Like they didn't pull it from season seven of the Clone Wars. Like I suspect they did with Rex and Trace and Rafa. Right. That they, they had already done the work in the present animated engine for them. So it was easy to translate them over. Saw they had to basically build from the ground up and he's in like one scene. Yeah, it was it was just a strange choice, and I was like, "That is odd. why is he here?" Whatever, I'm fine. He's there. It's just weird that they had him in the show, and it was kind of like a weird like mm. shoehorn. Anyway, that was just my notes for the first episode or so, um, and then that was pretty much it. So we can now we can kind of freely now we can talk cover. about the season. But yeah, so so I t- I took a couple of notes uh, just throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start with with my note for for episode one is is you can actually pinpoint in the going back and watching it, you can pinpoint in the scene where Palpatine gives the speech and they're watching the exact moment that Omega recognizes the Bad Batch and gets really excited and starts looking at Nala say like, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them, it's them. (laughs) You can actually pinpoint that exact moment. Right. which I thought was really a nice detail, knowing her tragic backstory, why she gets so excited. Uh, I, I did think it was funny. Uh, Crosshair says in episode 15, Wrecker, you were always bad at lying. In episode one, Wrecker is bad at lying. Mm. Uh, I did also note here, so... Uh, remember a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I realized something horrifying and I was going to go back and check it. Yes. So Rex goes to visit Cut Quain on Seleucami and tells Cut Quain about the inhibitor chip. But you know what isn't evident on Cut Quain's head during that episode? A scar. Correct. Any evidence that his chip was removed. Cutler Quain still has his inhibitor chip in his head. Oh. Which I think it has to be specifically triggered by the words execute order 66. I think that's the trigger and I don't think anyone says it to him throughout the episode. Right. But yeah, he's still got his chip. Now, I don't know if Cutler Quain is like a special because he already deserted but that thing is still in his head i mean i guess as long as like you know he's not around any jedis you know in 50 years or whatever or maybe it's just like once like it's activated and he kind of missed the activation like it's kind of like just a piece of metal stuck in his head now so well wreckers activates late and so wrecker gets the full force of it and Wrecker's not going sure. after the Jedi. He's going after, he's going after like people who supported the Jedi. So that begs the question, if the inhibitor chips are advanced loyalty, what does that do to somebody like Cut Quain? Is he, is he going to like, uh, that worries yeah. me because there's no evidence that he removed his chip. I mean, to be fair, it's probably just a miss sight. You know, it's like probably they, yeah, it's, it's mistake, probably but. that they forgot to model it in. Yeah, I I think the implication, like the implication, might have been that he was gonna remove it shortly, or he was gonna he had already had it removed or something. But but like then Rex has to take the Bad Batch all the way to Brocka to get their chips removed. So like. Maybe they already know. did this it. Is, yeah. This is something that really terrified me because I was like, I don't want to know what happens <laughs> to Sue and the children if Cut's chip activates. And that's just like a time bomb in his head. Speaking of inhibitor chips, uh, Crosshair 
I took a, a detailed look at the scene where Crosshair gets his head burned off, like his face burned off. He does get the burn explosion, like in the engine. Right. right. Uh, but looking at his character arc, I'm prepared to say that it was definitely after the events of Braca, before the events of Ryloth, that he removed his chip. Okay, because watching the premiere again, it didn't quite work with what he said, where he was like, you guys left me and you didn't give me, you know, you didn't take me with you or whatever. Like, I was watching, I'm like, I watched this back and I was like, um, no, you for sure were trying to kill them all and attack them. Like, there was no, like, we have time to save you kind of There wasn't really a window where they could have stunned him and took him with them. So I'm going to say I'm calling bullshit on that one. Um, that he is just being a jerk and he, you know, is doing that because there's a scene where Nalase says, you know, the uh, enhancement of his inhibitor chip worked. You know, she says, like, it worked. Like, I got to, you know, fix, quote unquote, fix him, you know, make him better. Right. And so I guess from that point to the point where he gets burned will say his actions are driven by the chip. But I'm guessing, like, from Afterwards, that point. on yeah. Ryloth, yeah, that's where I'm thinking it happened, is it probably happened, either he went to somebody, in st- like, the chip got damaged enough right. that he was able to visit somebody and have it removed, or maybe they just removed it because he had sustained head damage in the Braca the, the Braca explosion. Right. I, I'm pinpointing that on my rewatch as the moment in the story where he removes his chip. Okay. I, I do wish they had shown us a particular scene where he is removing it. Just so like for continuity reasons that we would be like, okay, his character or if he makes sense. said where yeah. if he, he's because he's like, does it matter? Yeah, it actually does matter no, it a lot. Truly matters. Actually <laughs> Like, at what point were you... Because if you can make the case that it's after Braca, then you right. can say the stuff on Ryloth isn't as vicious as the stuff that he does pre-Braca, pre-the Braca explosion. Like, I'm not a crosshair apologist by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But it is interesting to note that he arrests Hauser on... Uh, Ryloth as opposed to just shooting him remember when we were like uh why didn't he shoot him this would be why he doesn't have the inhibitor chip anymore right Uh, yeah or where he only makes it look like he attempted to assassinate Orn Frita instead of just killing Orn Frita which is a thing that Crosshair probably would have done right other notes that I have so Sid worked for the Jedi and that's how Echo knew about Sid, that Sid worked for the Jedi. I badly need to know which one. Um, I can tell you. You can, because Wikipedia couldn't. Uh, I, because I just made it up in my head. So okay. Who was Sid, it? Sid uh, worked in the library um, <laughs> at the Jedi Temple, and he was the assistant to uh, that she. nice little old or lady. She was the assistant to that nice little old lady. Jocasta um, New. Jocasta New. <laughs> wow. That's my headcanon. There you go. They were actually wow. lovers at one point. <laughs> so Sid and Jocasta New oh were uh, lesbian lovers. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. There Jesus. you go. I explained everything away for you. In all seriousness, though, I do need to badly know which one it was because I'm running through in my brain. I'm like, who would be like, it clearly wasn't Obi-Wan or Anakin. It clearly wasn't Mace or Yoda. Like, maybe Plo Koon or... I was thinking uh, more like, uh, maybe she worked at a very famous diner on Coruscant, you know? Well, well, we know she was an informant because if we watch episode four... Or episode five, she does. Echo does say she was an informant. That was what she did. So I'm thinking, I'm reading Dark Disciple right now. 
And part of me wants to say Quinlan Voss, just because undercover ops are kind of his thing. Maybe also uh, the old guy from that's like a criminal investigator from the lightsaber lost episode of <laughs> no there's like an old jedi that ahsoka teams up with oh with uh, the staff like, or something yeah that he's like a criminal yeah. investigator so maybe he worked with sid Ooh, i, I like that yeah because he was like a weird old kind of like dude but his thing was he knew the criminal underworld right right, right. like he was deep he had deep connections and knowledge of the criminal underworld i think that would make sense I do want to issue a few corrections uh, to some of our coverage. There's three big ones. Uh, In the episode Infestation, we talked about how it didn't make sense that Sid would put the spice in the back room. She does say in the episode that it's it's Roland's spice. It's it's not her spice. So we were wrong about that. it's, it's almost kind of offhanded. She refers to it as his spice. Now he definitely should have checked the room and it doesn't make sense that he didn't do a sweep if right. the secret passage is that easy to find. But right. particularly before putting your valuable spice in it, but the criticism we did of why would Sid put it there or why didn't Sid dump it, uh, that was actually on us. That was that was wrong. Uh, it's fine. A few other mild corrections. Uh, the guy on Pantora uh, who like has the really bad day is yes. a human. I'm pretty sure he's not the bartender oh, that man. shows up. So we, we can't do that narrative. And Damn then it. finally, I personally misidentified uh, the Bad Batch theme as the clone theme in War Mantle when they're scaling them out. So okay. that is on me. I misidentified the motif, uh, which is a shame because I had a broader overarching point about it, and then it turned out to be wrong. So gotcha. uh, that's on me. Uh, but as far as looking at the, the overall show, I have two more notes here. Okay. Uh, note number one was something that was pointed out after the fact. It's more of a trivia fact than a note. Uh, did you know... In the sequence in Clone Wars Season 7, where uh, Ahsoka and Trace and Rafa are trying to escape from the Pike Syndicate, at one point they free a pair of prisoners from the Pikes, uh, a Weequay and an Athorian. So Bolo and Ketch, who are... Uh, the gay aliens from Sid's right. bar actually showed up in season seven as prisoners of the Pikes, which Interesting. also which also kind of explains why they gave up Sid in them so quickly. Right when Roland captured them and the Pikes showed up, because they they've were like had, they'd already had that. run-ins with the Pikes, and they were like, "Oh, oh no, we're not going through that again." Okay. I, I mean, I like that. I mean, to be fair, though, it's probably because they already had the models and they just were reusing them. But I like that the storyline... I think it was reverse. I think they were developing the Bad Batch kind of at the same time as Season 7. And oh. so they, they kind of inserted them retroactively into that episode as kind of a tease for where they were going. Right. With Interesting. That. My final note, and, and you asked where Saw Guerrero was... Yes. After the first episode, I have a more important question. We had a show. When was Saw Guerrero? <laughs> we had a show about mercenaries. We had a show about the criminal underworld directly after the Clone Wars that was animated. Where the fuck was Hondo Onaka? Yeah. Um, Why is he not in this show? You know what's funny is you almost, not that I, okay. I love Sid. I think she's amazing. I almost feel like Sid could have been replaced with Hondo. I like, would badly. I don't. I don't necessarily think so because Sid is kind of a broker, and Hondo's more of a take charge kind of guy. 
Yeah. But I do think that like maybe the episode with Moochie would have been a good time for Hondo to show up. Possibly they're saving him. He didn't show up until was he in season one of Rebels? Oh god, I don't know. I don't I don't remember if he showed up in season one or season two. They may be saving him for season two, but like when I finished the season, I was like, where was he? Why is he not here? Why is he not here? Yeah. Why is he? Why is my, where's my man? Guys, you can put Cad Bane in this, but not Hondo Onaka. I feel like those are like kind of some of the more popular characters from the Clone Wars. So it's like, why not just use all of them? Like as many as you can. I mean. Maybe he'll be in season two. That's, we that's can one of my know. season two predictions is we will get Hondo right Hondo well because well, timeline wise he's not doing anything now um, that we know of he's so, pirating somehow yeah. somehow in between um, in between the end of Clone Wars and Rebels he loses his whole pirate crew at some point so okay. maybe this will show that well, because it doesn't also, like, okay, I mean, I know that it's technically not film, but it technically counts as canon. The, you know, the ride at Galaxy's Edge, yes. he is actively, you know, there with the Falcon and Chewie mm-hmm. and whatever is going on. So there is, that's what he's doing in the future during the yes. Ray kind of timeline. This is before a new this is before rebels so yeah so he last we saw him we had his pirate crew in clone wars and then by the time he gets to rebels he's by himself interesting he's completely on his own then yeah i don't know what he's doing (laughs) i mean yeah why not bring him in bring him in bring him in bring in hondo onaka bring in hondo onaka (laughs) all right Bradley, do you have anything else before we move on to the three questions that you posed? Um, no, let's do the three questions. And then I want to do um, just like, one, at the very end, I want to do like overall thoughts for like what we okay. think might happen for season two predictions. Perfect. So the three questions you posed to us on the last episode to think about were the top episode, mm-hmm. the bottom episode, mm-hmm. and uh, your favorite new character that was introduced in the show so bradley do you want to go first uh on your your tops and your bottoms okay hold on i'm gonna pull up my list real quick just so i have it in front of my face because i don't want to mess up the names of the titles of the episodes or anything like that um okay so with season one um i think my favorite episode collectively now to be fair i didn't go back and rewatch them all like you did so i don't have that same kind of you know um thing um i'm gonna say it's a toss-up i want to say bounty lost might be no maybe common ground um okay so basically uh, okay i'm struggling here because my top three episodes essentially are the one with fennec shan and then the two with cad Bane. so that collectively that arc is my favorite uh cornered is the one with fennec shan where she's just by herself uh bounty lost is the second one with cad bane uh and oh jesus it's episode eight oh well then i guess technically because it says bounty lost is nine it says common ground is 10 and he's on the screenshot for that one so um he's not in common ground Oh, well, then they somebody fucked up on this list because somebody she... did fuck up on that list. Oh, that's the one where she plays chess. You're right. That's not the right one. So, yes, reunion and bounty lost. There we go. I, I think bounty lost, though, because that's where Fennec Shan and Cad Bane fight. And that to me was such a good fucking scene. Like, I love that that showdown of the old bounty hunter who is quote unquote the greatest. And then now Fennec mm-hmm. Shan, who's the up and coming kind of, you know, fresh meat. I, I think that dynamic is so good. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Bounty Lost might be my, the second part of the Cad Bane storyline, I think is my favorite episode of the season so far. 
I think my my favorite, hands down, top episode of the season, uh, War Mantle. Just, gotcha. yeah. just everything about War Mantle. It was the only episode that I voluntarily watched a third time. <laughs> uh, after I had already watched it to take notes on it. So just the way that it had the echo moment that I so badly wanted. It had some moments for everybody got a moment, Hunter, Wrecker, Echo, Tech, Omega, all got strong character moments in there. Uh, The transition, the way they handled the the transition from the clone troopers to the stormtroopers, it was reference heavy without being distracting. Uh, I love the design of Daro. I love the whole thing. It was, it almost felt like a Republic commando mission. Uh, I loved seeing Scorch in it. Uh, Just hands down that one top episode for me, just overall design writing, beautiful. Uh, Bradley, I know this is a question that you don't get asked a lot, but who's on the bottom? Um, Okay, well... I think it's no secret that my least favorite episode <laughs> um, is, uh, yeah, it's going to have to be infested. I just, I, I was just so like blase during that whole entire episode. It just has bad, left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm going to stick with that as my least favorite. I think, I think there's something redeeming in every other episode for sure. Like there's at least moments of every other episode where I was like, oh, this is great for me. That one was just the arm got cut off in the bar. I was minding my own business in the bar. Some little fucking twerp teen bumped into me and spilled my drink and I pushed him and then his grandpa cut off my arm and it was just like a, how dare you? And we recorded an entire (laughs) hour long episode on my iPhone about uh, everything we did not like about infestation. My, my Bottom episode, uh, like my bottoms in reality, might surprise you. uh, Because I was originally going to say infestation as well. Then I marathoned the series. I binge watched the whole thing. And here's the thing. Infestation was bad. Yeah. But watching it in the whole, infestation didn't really have the same high degree of missed opportunities as another one did. Infestation missed a lot of opportunities for small character moments, but they didn't miss a big, big opportunity for a character moment staring them right in the face like another episode did. So for my bottom episode of the season, I'm actually going to have to go with Common Ground. Not because Common Ground is a bad episode. It's great. It's fun. Uh, I love the uh, Omega strategy and the friendship with Sid. I loved seeing Raxus again and the Separatist Senator. But for me, the lack of a transition and a moment from Echo going from, we absolutely cannot trust this guy. We cannot, we should not be here to, you should live to fight another day, Senator. Yeah. Missed so wide for me. Especially considering the lack of Echo big moments throughout the series. Mm -hmm. This would have been the perfect opportunity for one. To let him shine. and To let him shine and really undergo a character struggle. Right. And you could even really do it without losing the Hunter uh, views Omega as part of the team, but is also worried about leaving your stuff. You could still do all that. So for me, that episode was such a missed opportunity that, that... it ranks below infestation for me. Even I, I though I that, love it yeah. and I will probably watch it more than I would watch infestation, but it's just the missed, the missed target for me. I'm going to have to, I mean, I, I agree with you because I do think that you're right. That was, there's two, you're right. For a main character, there was too many missed moments that they needed. Um, so I will give you props on that one being a bad one. But um, other than that. My bottom, at least. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. bad, but I'm going to say it's it's my bottom episode. Gotcha. And finally, Bradley, who was your uh, favorite new character that was introduced? 
in this series. And I'm going to broaden this somewhat. And I'm going to say that we can include characters who have previously been mentioned, but this is their first time on screen. Oof. Um, This was really hard. Because I kind of have a couple people that I thought were really good. And then some I just like, obviously, for attractiveness level. And then other ones that I was like... So, okay. I'm not going to say Roland because I feel like I only like him for sexual reasons. I don't think he was actually that great of a character. So I'm going to go with not him. Now, um, for new, new characters, I'm going to go with... God, this is so hard. I'm going to say, technically not a new character, but in terms of getting more from this character in this show, I liked Fennec Shand, you know, as just like giving her more screen time, giving her more to do, giving, you know, just not a, not a background character, you know, and I like that um, because I feel like that character needs to be utilized more in this series and other series that we will eventually cover this coming Christmas, Um, which I'm fucking thankful for that she's in that show um, because it gives the actress at least time to shine, which she well And if you you follow her on Twitter, which I do, uh, you will see that she absolutely loves being in Star Wars. Yeah. And thinks it is the coolest thing. So right. I'm, it was nice to see her 100% uh, get a little more backstory on her when she's only shown up in four episodes of The Mandalorian. I think for me, I went with, it would have been Sid. Yeah, It would have 100% been Sid. Because I, I love Sid. Yeah. I love the vibe of Sid. Uh, but Infestation bombed so hard. <laughs> giving yeah. us a a satisfying conclusion to Sid's arc for the season that I'm actually going to go with Eleni Sindula. Because Eleni Sindula is a character that was mentioned in Rebels, but we only got to see her for the first time here. And everything about her, you look at her and you're like, ah, yes, that's where Hera comes from. Ah, interesting. I loved okay, I like her. That. I loved her whole approach to the Empire. I loved her line about I've seen how you treat your ally or seen how you treat your allies. I'd rather be your enemy. I loved that she was kind of the, the moderating voice between Gobi and Cham and and all of them. I just loved her in general. Right. And it definitely added new depth and new tragedy to rebels to learn that she is is going to die at some point during this. I will say honorable mention, um, Hauser. Yes. I really like original character. It's nice. He definitely, in his short time of two episodes, I felt like he had a lot of stuff to do. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like he had a lot of character growth. He had a lot of, like, all this stuff happened to him in these two episodes. It was pretty good, actually. So he's my honorable mention. Fingers crossed he's back. I think my honorable mention would definitely have to be Sid. I loved her. She would have been my favorite new character, but Infestation bombed so hard. I need more of her. I need more of her before she can rise back to the top. All right. So before we uh, before we close out, Bradley, do you have any final thoughts on the Bad Batch season one predictions for season two? Let's see. Predictions. Um, I definitely believe in a classic time jump. Um, I, I, I don't see them going like, oh, it's only been a week since, you know, you know, exploded. So let's go to the, you know, Sid's bar again and let's just continue the story I don't see that happening I think they definitely need a tonal shift um there has to be something passage of time in some kind of way whether that's a year or a few months or maybe a couple years I don't know what their plan is for this show so I don't really know where they're going timeline wise I think it probably can't be more than a year only because the threads that they've kind of left dangling um particularly would, the wreck would stuff. make sense yeah particularly I, I, the wreck stuff yeah yeah i don't think that stuff can really dangle you know 
for like oh, five years later, you know, Rex is still doing his thing in the background. Like, why is it taking him five years to do whatever he's doing? You know what I mean? So I think that because of the threads that they've dropped, um, probably a year max, I do see they might slightly change the Omega model. Um, I'm thinking she might have longer hair or something to show passage of time. Cause obviously the clones aren't going to change, um, much, uh, if any, if at all, um, because I feel like they need to be our kind of constant in the show. Whereas I think we, it's fine to make, we might see them up. age up a bit because, you know, accelerated aging. Right. But no, I think as far as my predictions, I definitely agree with you that there's there's almost certainly going to be a time jump. Uh, I There are certain characters that I, I think that we're definitely going to see again. You know, besides the main characters, there's Roland Durand we're probably going to see again. And his mother, Issa Durand, we're probably going to see again. Um, Cad Bane, Finnick Shand, uh, Senator Singh from um, the Separatist capital. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know whether or not Boba Fett will actually be in it at this point. Yeah. And then also, you know, with the, I did think it was weird because at the very end, you know, they did include that Nala Say clip at the very end. Um, right. So clearly, either they're going to try to explain to us things that they set up, like, i.e., cloning or, you know, Grogu or, uh, Snoke or whatever, you know, Palpatine clones. Like, I, I don't know if that's what they're trying to explain to us with this whole thing. I think so. I think that's the direction that they're going. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I, I think that's it, but I'm not sure, you know, it's hard to like balance out, like, because with Mando, obviously that is becoming a thread in the Mando show. So it's hard to say that, like, why would you also continue that thread in the Bad Batch show unless it was important? You know what I mean? Like, so right. I don't know why they would need to show it twice, if that makes sense. You don't need to show it twice. I think that's the thing that kind of retroactively explaining the cloning and the strain casting from mm -hmm. uh, Rise of Skywalker and where that's eventually going to go to, how the cloning for the clones eventually leads to that and maybe potentially what they could do with that in the future. Like, I love the idea of a strand cast of being like a clone, but not exactly right. or something that's built directly from pre-existing genetic material, but is altered. So that's the whole cloning thing is definitely a thing that underpins this show. I will be curious to see where they go. Mm -hmm as far as what role the Bad Batch has in that. I'm also a little worried that the Bad Batch uh, hadn't shown up in anything before, but hopefully they're fine. I'm telling hopefully you, I said this. Hopefully they do not turn into Scar Squadron. I said this in the very beginning of our first episode. I said, I don't see them making it the whole entire show. So I, now I definitely, you know, it's funny, as if anybody had to, I told you at least one will have to die by the end of this series. I know that that's going to happen. Oh, I, yeah. I see it being Crosshair, but that's just because clearly at this point he is irredeemable. Are but, they really going to make me watch Wrecker die with my own eyeballs? Oh, I, I can tell you right now, if they're going to pull a, a Chewbacca exploding and they're going to try to kill Wrecker in front of us and except they're going to show him die and then you're going to be like, wait a minute, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't like, a, oh, we're just going to show him in the next scene. He's fine. <laughs> or they're gonna kill Wrecker like they actually killed Chewbacca in Legends and just drop all planet on him. Yeah, probably. Well, I don't know because then I don't know what that would do to Omega because I feel like that's like a character break. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel really, like that would break her. I really do not want to have to watch any of these characters die, but there's some that I would be like more prepared, like Hunter or Crosshair or Echo. I would be a little more prepared than like Wrecker. That concludes our coverage for The Bad Batch. Uh, the show is going on a one-week break, and then we will be back. Our plan currently is uh, we're going to do The Mandalorian Season 2. We're going to real fast cover that, go back and rewatch that. Uh, we've got some guests confirmed. There are some I'm still waiting on, 
And there's some I need to reach out to for those and episodes that are following after. Once that's done, we've got a little bit of a gap. We've got some cool stuff that we're planning in that gap in between when we finish Mando season two uh, and when we start diving into Book of Boba Fett. As far as visions go, uh, we will tentative plan right now is to do a podcast episode for visions that probably will be a bonus episode subject to change. But we'll also be doing some other Visions content, which segues me nicely over into <laughs> we are making the transition onto YouTube. That we are in the process. You can find the links to our new YouTube channel down below in the description of whatever, in the notes of whatever podcatcher app you're using. Uh, if you want to go over, I have been informed in the pre-meeting that you have to subscribe. You don't follow on YouTube. Bradley was very clear and gave me a, a two to three minute speech about yes. how it is subscribing. And I have to get the terminology right because no one will take us seriously. That's uh, right. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Please subscribe. Right now we are just uploading back episodes from this show if you prefer... Right to listen there but we also have some original youtube content that we are working on for the coming right. weeks and months so definitely check us out there socials we are on twitter at at gold squad gaze give us a follow over there we are also on instagram at, at gold squadron gaze we're also on tiktok at, at gold squadron gaze we animate sound clips from these episodes Go leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps boost the algorithm, helps get our, our show to more ears. Uh, and if it's particularly nice or particularly vicious, we might read it on the show. And finally, you can find me specifically on Twitch at, at CWRogers6. I am playing uh, Star Wars games every Monday to coincide with the podcast episode release. Thank you for joining us this week and join us next week for another episode of Goal Squadron Games. Roland's a bit <laughs> like a uh, a bit like a grinder profile in that yeah. I'm not here because of you as a person. Yeah. I'm here because it's 8 p.m. and I've already had two glasses of wine and uh, I'm bored.